Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Real Presence Live. It is Tuesday, August 15th, and we um, have a wonderful feast day today, the Solemnity of the Assumption of Mary. We're very, very blessed to be here at St. Anne's Catholic Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. I'm Karen Solinsky, along with Father Craig Holkalter, the pastor here at St. Anne's, and we are very blessed to have him with us today. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Karen. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful feast day. Yes, it is a big feast day. It's so appropriate. We were, as you know, going back and forth uh, probably a few days or a few weeks ago about having a show on this day because so many church offices, parish, you know, radio, whatever, um, take solemnities often to just to close down shop and, and to stay home and just to take the day off and to be away from work mm-hmm. and to honor the day. But there's something really rightful about having a radio show on Catholic Radio on the Solemnity of the Assumption. Yeah, there is, Isn't absolutely, it? yes. And we would love if you would lead us in prayer this morning to start the show off. And- yes. So uh, what I did, uh, Karen, just for the sake of the day, right? We enter the Assumption, and we know that uh, the encyclical about Pius the Twelfth in 1950, uh, a long uh, Latin title, Munui Fancissimus Deus, uh, gave us the dogma of the Assumption. Of course, we know we want to be clear here, right? That the Church has always believed, Catholics have always believed that Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven. Uh, but in 1950, of most recent uh, past. Pius XII uh, gave us this great document, Muni Fantasissimus Deus. Mm, that's beautiful. It is beautiful. Uh, and I just want to read for our prayer the, the, the sure. part from it. So it's, it's very, uh, it's 1950 Catholic language, but beautiful language. So we'll pray okay. and honor our mother and the mother of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Mother, Mary, you were assumed body and soul into heaven, and we offer our prayer to you. As we read uh, this beautiful excerpt from the words and the writings of Pius Twelfth, For which reason, after we have poured forth prayers of supplication again and again to God, and have invoked the light of the Spirit of Truth for the glory of Almighty God, who has lavished his special affection upon the Virgin Mary, for the honor of her Son, the immortal King of the ages, and the victor over sin and death, for the increase of the glory of that same August Mother, and for the joy and exaltation of the entire church. By the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, of the blessed apostles Peter and Paul, and by our own authority, we pronounce, declare, and define it to be divinely revealed dogma, that the Immaculate Mother of God, the ever-Virgin Mary, having completed the course of her earthly life, was assumed body and soul into heavenly glory. Mary of the Assumption, Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father Holcalter. It was beautiful. Yes. Well, we are, we have a great lineup today. Yes. Um, we have Carol Brown with us this morning. Um, she will be our first guest, and she was a missionary. Um, uh, she did a missionary work in Ireland, and um, Carol, are you with us today? I am indeed, yep. I'm awesome. here. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. 
And if you want to let the listeners um, know a little bit about yourself, your background, um, and then we will ask you a few questions. Sure. Great. Okay. So, yeah, my name is Carol Brown. I am a native South Dakotan. I live in I live south of Howes, South Dakota. I am the director of the Sioux Spiritual Center here in the Diocese of Rapid City. It's a little gem of a uh, retreat center, uh, very far off the grid, uh, 100 miles from Walmart and Starbucks and all the rest, uh, and a lovely place to come and become quiet and um, enjoy the presence of the Lord. So uh, you can check that out on uh, uh, and uh, But anyway, I grew up in this area. My, parent, my grandparents uh, had a ranch a couple miles from here, and they are actually buried here on the property. So I, I'm a ranch kid. I grew up... Uh, north of Faith, South Dakota. Mm. Um, I actually went to University of Mary for a couple years, and um, and then uh, really I, I had had a, a major conversion in, in high school and um, kind of uh, was a little bit disappointed in my... Uh, I had been confirmed a Catholic because I really believed uh, what the Catholic Church claimed to be, but my difficulty was that I didn't... Um, experienced very many peers that were going in that direction. And uh, so I set off on a kind of an ecumenical adventure uh, as a a, a young adult, Um, kind of made a deal with God that I wasn't going to leave the church until I knew for sure that I could Mm. get closer to Him by being somewhere else. And uh, the Lord led me on a a real adventure. So I, I ended up getting some training in youth ministry from a Protestant organization, and I took a uh, took a job in a church in southeastern Iowa where the uh, the pastor's wife was Catholic, and so they all went to mass together on Saturday night. So I went with them, and then they went to the Lutheran church on Sunday. So I I was there too, and uh, for a couple years got a chance to just really rub shoulders with the whole spectrum of um, you know Christian options out there, and was built up in my faith in a million different ways. But I also observed that. Um, you know, these, all these uh, folks who claimed the Bible as their sole rule of faith uh, agreed on very little. It, it did not help them to reach any very many common conclusions. Um, and at the at the end of my two year commitment there, I just thought, you know, this is not the way to find the truth. And I uh, I really believed the church is you know uh, was was founded by Jesus and that he had made promises that were um, trustworthy. And uh, so I set my heart to remain Catholic and um, to be, uh, you know, sort of, I was sort of committed to <laughs> help get the lights on around here, so to speak. <laughs> so so I, had, I have always had a heart for evangelization. Um, eventually I went to Steubenville, uh, did a master's degree there, and, uh, and then worked there on, on campus for about eight years in, uh, in uh, campus ministry. And then I went to Europe, and I was a missionary in uh, uh, across uh, what do you want to call it? A, a, an ecumenical outfit over there. I was I was kind of part of a little Catholic subsidiary of uh, an organization called Youth with a Mission, or also called YWAM. Uh, I was in in Austria for a year with that, and then uh, towards the end of my time in Austria, I decided to move to Ireland to do a PhD. And um, I think that's where our story begins for what you want to talk about today. Carol, what was it? Um, <clears throat> thank you for that outline of your, of your life, and just to yeah. see the there's there's something there's such a nugget of truth in what you were saying regarding not finding any of your peers, but um, 
you know, in a matter of words, wanting, right, your heart's desire to, like, wanting to share that in the community. Yes, and, and, absolutely. And I think that's such, for our listeners, that's such a beautiful fruit of an encounter, right? And and mm-hmm. we, we know we can measure that by way of a fruit, and it should not lead us to to first seclusion or to isolation, but as our Lord came, I mean, he, he found friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's so key, you know, and... Yeah. and yep. The, sometimes non-Catholic Christians can can teach us the best of that in concrete mm-hmm. experiences. Yes, but I, I just think it was when you said that I had a smirk on my face on this side of the radio of of <laughs> that's what what a, what a beautiful you know expression of the heart that I want to share this like I want to yes. share the good news. Yeah, you know it's yes. like the basis of e- 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 evangelization. Yes. But, but yes. before we get to Ireland, Carol, can you tell us what moved you from like Steubenville, right? So you have this. Formative experience at Steubenville and an mm-hmm. academic, you know, an a- academic kind of rigor, and and then you went across the ocean to Europe. Yes. Yeah. What what was it? Was it uh, meeting friends? Was it just you wanted to travel? What what moved you from <laughs> Ohio to you know another well, continent? Yes, absolutely. Well, um, I had first of all, I had a wonderful experience in Steubenville. I I was working in campus ministry there. I you know, jumped out of bed every morning and looked forward to going to work. It was very fruitful. It was very a very positive experience. Um, but about six years into that, um, this this kind of restlessness rose up in me, you know. Uh, and I've I've come to recognize that restlessness because that's also what left led me to leave University of Mary and uh, go off on my ecumenical adventure. I've I've learned to recognize it as something holy. Um, and so I, uh, I think I was in my, I was about 36, or I think I was 37, and uh, I, had, I had always wanted to be married, and uh, that wasn't happening. I had a, number, had a number of disappointments, a broken engagement, different things like this, and, um, and I knelt down by my bed one night. Now, I don't kneel very often, <laughs> but <laughs> when I get desperate, I kneel. Mm. And so I knelt down by my bed one night, and I said, well, Lord... 37, it kind of doesn't look like uh, I'm getting married, so what am I supposed to be doing with my life? And I felt like the Lord said to me, well, let's just say, you know, theoretically, maybe I'm not calling you to be married right now. Is there anything else you'd like to do? And immediately two thoughts came to my mind. Uh, Yes, I'd either like to do a a PhD in Christian spirituality, or I'd like to go in mission full-time. Yeah, and so... Um, as it happened, in 2003, there was a, an international congress on the new evangelization uh, in, in Vienna. And this, uh, one, of the, one of the kids' moms at, at, at the university contacted me one day, and she said, I really think you should take uh, the Festival of Praise team over there. I was, that was one of my ministries I was in charge of. It was like a big charismatic prayer meeting that we had. Uh, once a month, and uh, we had a wonderful mu- worship team, music team, uh, and so um, we pulled it together. And uh, in May of 2003, we went to went to Austria, and we were hosted by an organization called Kerygma Teams, which is this Catholic subsidiary of this larger interdenominational ecumenical uh, ministry called Youth with a Mission, um, and. Uh, we just had a great time. I mean, it was it was just wonderful. Uh, and we the last day of the Congress was on Pentecost, and the uh, Cardinal Archbishop Schönborn was preaching in the uh, in the in the uh, Stephansdom Church there in the heart of Vienna. 
And he, the, the gospel reading for that day, or the, the reading for that day, I think, I don't know if it was the second reading or where it was, but anyway, it was, it was the story about Paul having the dream about the Macedonians saying, come over here and help us, you know? And the cardinal looked up from his notes and he said, Macedonia, that's Europe. And it was like my heart went on fire, you know, mm. uh, and this, just this desire to be part of the renewal of the Church in Europe just seized on me. And um, so I, it wasn't something that happened overnight. I, you know, I went back home. I had a house. To, you know, I had, I had a home. I had a, I had a full-time job. I had, there was wrapping up that needed to be done. But anyway, that's the direction my heart went. I, <clears throat> I needed to do some discernment on that, of course, you know, and... Uh, time after time, there were just these confirmations, you know, that, that led me to take this step. So, um, yeah, so I, I, about a year later, I wrapped up my job in Steubenville, had sold my house, and, uh, and moved, to, uh, moved to Austria in August of 20, 000, uh, 2004. And, um, and uh, so it was, it was a bit of a culture shock. I mean, it was all fun for about six weeks, and then culture shock set in, and I woke up grumpy one day, and I never got over it. <laughs> So um, it was very challenging we, and, and wonderful. You know, I mean, it's, it's something that I have never regretted doing. It was, it was a gift to my life. I mean, we lived, in, we lived just outside of Vienna, and we traveled to Croatia every month. We spent time in uh, Hungary and Czech, in Czech and in, um, in Slovakia and Poland and France and, you know, uh, just, just had some ample opportunities to see that part of the world. And... Um, uh, I think I was about eight months into it when I just it just really struck me that I, I can't do this uh, on a long term basis. There were there were just certain chaotic elements in it that that just didn't suit my personality very well. So, so I started praying about what to do. Um, a friend took me to Medjugorje for Pentecost that year. I went there to pray and discern and see if see if I would get any lightning bolts. I did not get any lightning bolts, but about a month later, we were in Croatia. And uh, a couple of friends of mine introduced me to a friend of theirs who had never come to anything else that we had done while we were down there. And she mentioned she was going to Dublin to study Christian spirituality. And uh, I had been looking into programs myself uh, on that and couldn't find anything I liked. Went home, looked it up, and boom, I was like, that's, what I, that's where I'm going next. And it was just like <laughs> the, the choirs of angels started singing. I mean, just so much consolation as I moved in that direction. So... Carol, we're gonna we're gonna go after that. We are uh, approaching a break here, a short break. Yep. Uh, we're yep. speaking with Carol Brown. She's offering us a really kind of a witness uh, to her, the power of God in her, uh, all the way from South Dakota to to uh, a formative experience, Steubenville in Ohio, and then uh, her missionary work, which is kind of the crux of the interview. That we're grateful to you for, Carol, um, your work in Ireland and and to this, you know, kind of the reception of the Cardinal's words of of being a missionary and, and uh, if you will, uh, reinvigorating or bringing new life to the church in Europe. We mm -hmm. want to get more to that with you, Carol, yeah. especially in Ireland. Mm -hmm. uh, we are your host, Father Craig Holcalter, pastor of the Church of St. Anne, along with Karen Selensky of Real Presence Radio. We're headed to a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. 
symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. As Catholic people, we recognize our lives are gifts from God. Blessings received are a result of God's grace and goodness. Our Lord entrusts us to be good stewards of His many gifts. We are called to conduct lives that honor Him and bear witness to our faith in Jesus Christ. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. As we begin a new year, let's reflect a moment on stewardship. Your life should provide an example to others in the way you live your faith, the way you manage your possessions, and the way you plan your estate and personal affairs. You have spent a lifetime acquiring your assets and living your faith. Fortunately, we can provide you with an estate planning guide that allows you to put all of your important information in one place and enable you to document your intentions. To request an estate planning guide, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning, all. Blessed Assumption, Solemnity of the Assumption of Mary on this uh, August 15th. Not only a holy day of obligation, but certainly by grace and invitation to honor Mary more as we remember, uh, of course, her assumption into heaven, body and soul, a place we both want to be, Karen. I'm your host, Father Craig Hochalter, co-host, in fact, along with Karen Solensky. We are speaking with uh, Carol Brown and her missionary work in Ireland. You know, uh, Karen, it's interesting that um, there's so, and I know you're going to get to this with Carol in just a few short moments, but the parallels between what we're doing and, you know, the hopes of reaching people all over the world, in fact, I mean, through the World Wide Web, yep. they can mm-hmm. log in. But certainly when they're, they're driving about uh, or working away in their home or office, um, such a missionary spirit to, to Catholic Radio, and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it with you. And you can connect with our app wherever you go. Yes. That's the nice thing. Yes. Is, you know, just download our free app, and you can take us everywhere. Yes. <laughs> so we are speaking with Carol Brown right now, and thank you for joining us today, Carol. You, you know, mm-hmm. your, your um, journey... I think your faith journey has been so inspiring for those of uh, our listeners that have been listening to you so far. Um, but can you just tell us about your your trip to Ireland and you know and what you did there? You you mentioned about founding, or, you know you you helped found um, the Christian radio there. So if you want to just sure. tell the listeners a little bit about that journey. Yeah, sure. So so in Ireland, I got there in the two, fall of two thousand and five. Um, I had. Uh, you know, I've been part of this Kerygma Teams thing down in Austria. There happened to be a Kerygma Teams uh, base there in 
Dublin, uh, and so I contacted the leader of that base, and I said, I'm, I'm looking for a place to live. Can you help me to network? And they said, well, why don't you live here? So um, so I, that's where I landed first, was, was in the Kerygma team's house there, um, which was part of a neighborhood where there was a Catholic Covenant community. So this would be a charismatic Catholic Covenant community. It was sort of a bunch of, a bunch of people that had committed to pray regularly together and um, moved into a neighborhood together so they could help each other raise their kids and that kind of thing. It was really neat. Kind of set up, and eventually I moved in in with a a, a family there. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, this this gentleman who um, owned the home where Kriegman Teams was based had ha- had had this dream for the longest time of wanting to bring Catholics and Protestants together to do Christian radio together. At that time, there was no national Christian radio presence in Ireland at all, and so. Um, they had been running temporary licenses periodically over the years, uh, just experimenting with it. And, um, anyways, uh, a license for AM was tendered by the Broadcast Authority of Ireland uh, sometime, sometime around then, fall of 2005 or early 2006. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, Dave came over to my apartment one day, and he he just wanted to talk to me about this idea. And he said, "You know, when I get." people together on this, um, the Protestants all want to talk about Jesus, and the Catholics want to talk about everything everything else but Jesus. <laughs> and he said, I don't know how to get these people together. And I, and I said, well, Jeepers, I don't know either, you know, good luck, and kind of sent him on his <laughs> way. And uh, anyways, sometime after that, maybe, oh gosh, it was probably a year later, uh, I was um, preparing my PhD. I decided to study uh, the conversion of the baptized in the thought of John Paul II. And so I was reviewing a bunch of the materials that I had prepared when I was working in Steubenville. I had prepared different handouts and different things for students for workshops on evangelization. And, um, and I noticed that there was this really strong emphasis in John Paul II on the charismatic proclamation, kind of the heart of the gospel, the very core of things uh, that he says... Uh, is is always the heart and center of any effort in evangelization, and he uh, uh, I think it's Agentes uh, from Vatican II. It's the document on ecumenism. Talks about these slow stages that the church always operates in when it comes to evangelization. And I noticed that John Paul II often emphasized things that. Protestants have always cared about, evangelical Protestants have always cared about, things like having a personal relationship with Jesus, you know, having a personal encounter with Christ, um, making an act of self-entrustment to the Lord, uh, giving your life to the Lord. Those are all, that's all John Paul II language. I love, uh, there's a line in uh, Mission of the Redeemer that I absolutely love. It says, conversion means accepting by a personal decision the saving sovereignty of Christ and becoming his disciple. And I used to go to these ecumenical meetings sometimes in, in, um, in uh, Dublin, when I was there, I was um, I got invited to the Irish Bible Institute one time to to t- talk about you know evangelization in Ireland, and and I put that quote on the on my PowerPoint, and I asked them, who do you think said this? You know, and they gave me all kinds of guesses: Billy Graham, you know, um, uh, you know Robert Schuller, I don't know all these all these different Protestant evangelical uh, uh, preachers, and I said, no, John Paul II said it, and this one girl looked at me and with just stunned, and she said, do the Catholics know about this? <laughs> so, anyway, I put together, I contacted Dave, and I said, Dave, I think you could, you might be able to set this radio station 
up on the crossroads of the new evangelization that John Paul II is calling for, and those things that, that Protest, evangelical Protestants have always cared about. You know, and he said, would you write me a little position paper on that? So I set out to write a little position paper on it, and I gathered up all the documents that I thought were relevant, you know, um, the, the document on social communications and the document on ecumenism and the document on documents on various documents on um, mission and on evangelization. And I pulled together probably a three- or four-page paper, uh, and he, he, uh, he took it and uh, shared it with some Protestant friends, shared it with some Catholics, and he said the Protestants all loved it, and the Catholics all hated it. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, uh, but we were able to pull together, or I should say he was able to pull together a board of, of um, people of goodwill uh, from both sides of that divide, you know, uh, uh, evangelical Protestants who were willing to work with, with Catholics and, and evangelical Catholics who, uh, I would call them evangelical Catholics, Catholics that were you know, very concerned about, you know, where things were going in Ireland and the need to have various uh, evangelistic uh, efforts. Um, and the idea of having a radio station was, was pretty attractive, you know. Um, but it was going to be a delicate operation from the get-go, you know, because there's just all kinds of landmines, you know, in, in that. I mean, this is like, I mean, try to imagine if you were to go to the South, go to Alabama or someplace, and say, we're going to get the Baptists and the Catholics together to do Christian radio together. I mean, you can imagine that that would just not make sense to anybody. And we ran up against that uh, a lot. That You know, many people who um, heard about the project just could not imagine how that would work. And... Um, uh, but for, to me, it was it was uh, it was it was obvious that we can do this. You know, this shouldn't be uh, that complicated. I mean, it's not going to be EWTN by any means. It's going to be more like a like a Catholic friendly version of K Love, if you if you're familiar with K Love, you know, or some of these uh, Christian music stations, you know. And it would be a Catholic friendly version of that, or a Methodist friendly version of that, or a Church of Ireland friendly version of that, where we mostly, if there's any, you know, mo- a lot of it's just music. Some of it is news commentary, some of it is, but there's all kinds of little pre-recorded speech pieces, um, you know, one-minute testimonies about the encounter with Christ, or, uh, you know, one-minute little uh, uh, gospel reflections, you know, um, uh, and that, that, that kind of thing, you know, um, pre-recorded so they, they don't get out of control, um, and uh, uh, so... Anyway, that, that's, that's where we started, um, and so this license had been tendered for AM radio in Ireland, and we applied for the license. We were one of three or four groups that applied, um, and, we, and we got it, and um, we had about uh, three, million dollars, three million euros pledged for the project, uh, and six months after we won the license, the bottom dropped out of the Irish economy, and all of those pledges just evaporated with the with, as the stock market goes, you know, and uh, and so we were suddenly uh, becalmed. <laughs> we were we were left high and dry, uh, you know, sort of uh, stuck uh, for several years. And honest to goodness, if if you could ever say that a project went through hell to come to come to be, uh, this project really did. There was an enormous spiritual battle around it. Um, and, uh, you know, sleepless nights, heart palpitations, and all the rest. Um, but finally, in, in uh, 2011, um, 
it, it went on the air, and it has been on the air ever since. And um, I, I worked, uh, after I finished my doctorate, uh, I, I think the next day I went to work for the radio station about six months before it went on the air. And my job was basically to help navigate it through those choppy waters of, um, of being an ecumenical project where everybody's, you know, uh, very, very sensitive and anxious, you know, and, uh, and liable to step on something without meaning to and trip a trigger somewhere. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, that's, that's how it went. And, uh, and so anyway, it's, um, some some incredible challenges in terms of AM and FM, which I can get into with you if you're interested. Um, but uh, but it's on five. It's in it, last I knew it was uh, in the five major cities in Ireland on FM relay signals and um, and uh, is reaching the bulk of the Irish population. So um, so anyway, something I'm very proud to have been part of. Uh, Carol, thank you. It's yeah. There's a there, you can hear the um, that honor in you. And the, and the pride in terms of offering that. It's um, ecumenical work and efforts <coughs> are difficult, right? And um, we all kind of have our opinions on them, and the church has mm-hmm. her, her opinions on them as well. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it, we're, we're grateful that you're able to witness to this on, on, our, on our radio show and, and this morning. Yeah. On such a beautiful Beautiful day of the Assumption, Carol. Thank yeah. you so much, and continue on. Please pray for Real Presence Radio. We mm-hmm. will we will pray for you. We're we're approaching our break after that segment, and um, we wish you the best, uh, especially as you uh, carry on your own kind of local efforts there in South Dakota, uh, mm-hmm. a charismatic school, and um, <clears throat> prayer workshops and healing services. Uh, yeah. Remember you from last time we had our show with you, the grid work you're doing there mm-hmm. uh, yeah. locally here, just just south of us. Uh, yes, bl- yes. We're, I'm not too far away, so if you're looking for a place to retreat, this is the place you want to go. God bless you, Carol. Thank you so much. You have a good day. You too. Okay, thanks a million. Good to talk to you.